0: Sex is not just for our enjoyment. It is literally to help us understand how intimate Christ wants to be with us.
1: Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life, lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling at all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. let's talk about sex. Yep, we're going there today. We're talking about the three-letter word that can make middle schoolers and adults blush, especially those in the Christian community. But guess what? God made sex. And as my guest Ruth Buzis, the author of *Awakened Love, The Truth About Sex That Will Transform Your Marriage, states, God made sex for us to understand the intimacy He desires for us to have with Him. Now, before you think I just went to crazy land, I am not talking about that kind of intimacy with God, but the parallel of the type of intimacy that Ruth so beautifully explains in this interview. We not only chat about intimacy with God, but what intimacy looks like with your husband and the myths and lies we believe about sex that keep us from experiencing the full joy that God has for us with our bodies. I promise this is an episode you will want to listen to until the end. Hey, Ruth, it is so exciting to have you on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thank you for being a guest. Thanks for having me, Erica. We are talking about something today that could make some women feel a little uncomfortable and something that many Christians really keep hush-hush, and what we're talking about is sex. (laughs) And sex is usually not a topic, that we find openly in the Christian community, either like, It's sermons or just in the community talking about it, unless it really has to do with abstinence. That's kind of the main message that we receive, either abstinence until marriage, and then after that, when you're married, no one really talks about it. Yet God created sex and intimacy for something for us and something that married couples, married Christian couples should love and enjoy because it was created by our one and only creator. So I am really looking forward to having this conversation with you and kind of busting through some myths and lies. Okay. I want to start off by really diving in because this is such a interesting niche to get into, an interesting topic to get into. What brought you to be an expert on sex and intimacy in marriage?
0: It's an interesting story, because I have no training in the area of intimacy or marriage, but I'd been married about 25 years, and I took a study on Song of Songs. And we were actually studying it as an allegory of God's love for us. We weren't talking about it in terms of marriage at all. And and the more that I read the book, I don't know, it did something in me, and it woke me up. And it changed my relationship with God from head knowledge to heart knowledge. And it also woke me up to want more intimacy with my husband. And, you know, we're a couple of engineers that get along quite well. We work well together. Um, We hadn't had a lot of struggles, but I don't know that we had an intimate marriage where we really talked about hard things. Sex, we kind of figured out what worked and we just kind of stuck with it. It wasn't something that I really prioritized, but it wasn't something that I hated either. I think I properly minimized the importance of sex. And my husband was just kind of patient and kind and waited for me. And so I went on a journey, about a one-year journey of trying to figure out what is sex, what is it supposed to be, um, really digging into what God wanted for me, but also digging into not how I just have sex because it's important, but how do I create a sex life that's really meaningful and connecting for both of us. And so um, we talked about a lot of things. I talked and prayed through baggage with my husband that I never talked to anybody before about. And I don't know, there was so much freedom that came out of it. And after, I don't know, probably a year, I felt God calling me to share what I'd learned. And I wasn't a teacher. In fact, I was very introverted and very shy. And and I couldn't imagine doing that except that I knew that I had discovered something that other women needed to understand. And so I invited eight friends to my house. I put together a six-week curriculum kind of based on my journey and what I had learned. By week three, women were lingering at the door to tell me how impactful it had been for their marriage and You know, the first class, I don't even know if I hardly said anything. I'm sure I looked like a deer, you know, in the headlights. And yet God was working even through that. And so since that time, it's spread by word of mouth. And now we've made, I have videos that are available so women can take the class online. But I'm still teaching in-person classes. I've probably taught over a thousand women in person or over Zoom now. And there are women that are taking the class everywhere from. Kenya, Africa, to England, to Canada, to Australia, and so it's been an interesting, amazing, hard journey of being in a front row seat of watching God work in the area of sexuality in women's lives and seeing God do profound transformation
1: That's an incredible story. Incredible story. And I met you actually yesterday at the time of this recording um, at somewhere that you were speaking as well. And I was like, I have to have you on. And here we are less than 24 hours having this conversation. And what really struck me um, in your talk was the connection with the intimacy of what the Lord wants for us and that connection with sex. And you had brought up a verse, Ephesians five thirty one through 32, which says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. Can you explain really your epiphany that you had with the intimacy related to a husband and wife with sex and then the intimacy that we have with God?
0: Yeah, it's such a strange verse because Paul goes from talking about becoming one in marriage and then all of a sudden he just shifts and he says, But I'm talking about Christ and the church. And so becoming one in marriage, and the Bible says becoming one in marriage is sex. I know it's other things too, but it's also sex. And so sex is this picture of what intimacy with Christ is. And it helps us understand how intimate Christ wants to be with us. And so sex is not just for our enjoyment. It is literally to help us understand how intimate Christ wants to be with us. I also use this verse because there's so many misunderstandings about sex. Uh, both outside of the church but inside of the church and so this is my measure of okay what is really true about sex and this is my ultimate measure and so let me give you a couple of examples i remember reading song of songs being aware of this verse about sex being a metaphor for intimacy with christ and thinking about orgasm i'm like okay so like Orgasm during sex is somehow supposed to help me understand intimacy with Christ. And then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, so like during orgasm, like I have let go of control. I have surrendered. I'm not thinking about what I look like or what I sound like. I'm not self-conscious at all. It's just like total freedom. Me and my husband face to face and nothing else in the world exists. And I thought about the ways that God wants me to worship. And that when I am really free in worship, that's what worship looks like to me. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care about how they're worshiping. But it's me and God, and nothing else matters. And so, yeah, intimacy in marriage, sex, has helped me understand intimacy with Christ. But it also is a measure of what is true about sex. For instance, there are a lot of people that would say, You should have sex because your husband needs it or because it's your duty as a wife to make him happy. I look at my relationship with God. God is much more interested in my heart than in me following the rules or making sure that I check off all the different important parts of what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. And God, He doesn't actually kind of force or manipulate or coerce me to choose Him. He gives me free will to choose him. That's what he wants, is for me to choose him. And that's what my husband wants. He doesn't want me to just show up because I'm supposed to. My husband wants me to show up because I choose him. Because I choose to love him. I choose to, to share myself with him. And I choose to let him share himself with me. And so, yeah, it's been a great tool. And it really has changed my lives in a, in a lot of ways.
1: So beautiful. And yeah, I've never seen that verse that way. Never looked at intimacy with the Lord that way before. But as you explained it, and I even say like uncomfortably because you're, it's probably way more comfortable for you to say it because you talk about it all the time. But like I get that visualization of the orgasm where you just like let it go. You're fully surrendered. You're in this peaceful state. And like... That's what it's like being with the Lord as just fully surrendered to Him, just Him loving you as you are and you loving Him as He is.
0: Yeah, it's almost strange how many things correlate. Like during sex, we're not supposed to just constantly give. It is a balance of giving and receiving. During sex, it's this mysterious thing that happens and sometimes it's kind of unexplainable, kind of like our relationship with God. I mean, sometimes it's just kind of, unexplainable. If we don't continue to work on our sex lives, yeah, it will get boring. If we're just doing it because we're supposed to, it will get really boring. We'll start to hate it. Same with our relationship with God. If we're just doing things because we're supposed to, and we're checking them off the list, yes, it will get boring. But if we're on a journey of really getting to know God, like heartfelt wanting to know Him, spending time with Him because we want to, it gets better and better. But there are times when we have to be intentional because things get in the way. And so we have to be intentional and say, no, like I want to make this a priority. This is the most important thing in my life. And so I'm going to do that. Same with our sex life. Things get in the way of our sex life and we have to say, no, hold on a second. This Mm -hmm. is important to me. And so where are we going to find time and energy to really spend time together?
1: And you say that there's some myths with sex, and I think those are going to be getting in the way of the intentionality. What are some myths and lies that we create in our mind about, or that maybe we've even heard in culture about sex?
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is that sex is for men, um, that it's not really important for women, that we need to do it just to satisfy our husband's needs. And, you know, I mean, that lies coming from a lot of places, right? It's coming from the way that sex is portrayed in culture, but it's also coming from maybe the subtle messages that we get from church. I mean, if you read a book on marriage, a Christian book on marriage, there's usually a chapter about sex that goes something like this. Ladies, sex is really important to your husband so you need to make sure that you prioritize this this is how he feels loved da, 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 da. and then there's a chapter to the husbands it sounds something like you know what husbands like your wife like it's really important that you talk to her and that you help her on the house and that you help with the kids and never is there a chapter that says you know what husbands your wife may not realize it but god created sex for her too And it's maybe a little more complicated for her. She may not have a drive like yours, but it is important to learn and to pursue your wife, to love your wife, and to learn what works for her. And so like since that chapter doesn't exist, we're left with the lie that, well, I guess sex is for husbands and not really for me. And so sometimes it's subtle. And sometimes it's more obvious, sometimes it's the sermon saying, wives, it is your duty to have sex with your husband. And you know, I've literally heard sermons like that within the last five years. I don't think our husband wants us having sex because it's our duty. I think he wants us to be mutual partners. And Song of Songs is this interesting book in the middle of the Bible that's not often taught on. But when you look at this book that uh, it's poetry portraying this relationship between husband and wife in a, in a very steamy, intimate way. And when you look at her role versus his role in this book, she is very much an equal. She asks for what she wants. She expresses herself. She's not timid at all. She plans an outdoor adventure for them to go to have sex early in the vineyards. And it's interesting because culturally women. 3,000 years ago, were not equals. They were very much in the background with few rights. And yet in this book about marital intimacy, she is portrayed as an equal in the marriage bed. And that's not, uh, I'm not trying to say that we need to be like men. We are not men. God created us very differently. But that we're supposed to bring our whole selves to the marriage bed because we have things to bring that our husband maybe doesn't bring. Things like tuning into like, are we really connecting to each other during sex and really getting to know each other? Can we like be less focused on the destination and more about the journey? And so we have things to bring to the marriage bed, just like our husband does. So I think our husband maybe help us to learn to, you know what, sometimes we need to maybe let go of the laundry list and stop worrying. And just go and escape and have fun for a while, and that's something that they bring to the marriage bed. And I think that's something that can be challenging for us. And yet, what a great thing to learn that sometimes we need to just let go and go have fun for a bit.
1: I think that's one of the things for me that is tough. You know, I have so many responsibilities, and as does my husband, on his plate. But um, as women, we have this to do list in our head of things that we need to get done, and I often put sex as that to-do list, you know, put it on there as like, oh, that's just another thing. Because I know, as you said, in those books, it says, make sure that you're, you have sex with your husband. So then he feels, you know, fulfilled in that way. And, you know, he doesn't stray and, you know, I want to honor him, you know, because I love him. And so I make it a to-do list more than something that is like fun and enjoyable for me.
0: Yeah. And duty only kills desire. When something is a duty, that is the opposite of play and desire. And it's no wonder that a lot of us don't look forward to sex, that it feels like a to-do list. And sex is often defined around our husbands. And we need to be careful about defining sex around our husband. I think it's important for us to own our own sexuality, to understand ourselves, understand what's fun and important to us, and um, not define everything around our husband's needs.
1: So let's dive into a couple more of those lies that we have.
0: You know, of course, there's the lie that sex will get marriage and boring. Sex will get boring in marriage, right? That over time, it just will. It's portrayed in media like that. I think that a lot of us settle into that idea that that's just how it's going to be. And I think it's one of the reasons we don't love sex, is because sex does get boring. But it's getting boring because we're not on a journey of getting to know each other. God designed sex as a way to get to know each other. And when you're constantly learning about each other and getting to know each other and you're present with each other, Like there's always more to discover, just like there's always more to discover about God. And so this lie that, yeah, sex will get boring in marriage, uh, I think that a lot of times we settle and we don't think that it's worth it. People that have been married, if they're working on their sex life on a continual basis, even though their bodies are maybe not as young and naturally responsive they'll tell you that they're having the best sex of their lives because they've been with this person and they know them so well. And they've sorted through insecurities and there's so much freedom and they have the time now and they're having the best sex of their lives. But there's also a huge group of couples that, you know, He hits 50, she hits 50, his body doesn't work as well, hers doesn't work as well. And they start thinking, well, I guess this is, you know, just the end. And they let it end. I don't think that's God's intent. I think that we have to fight for our sex life if we think it's important and that we need to adapt and figure out all different ways that work to connect physically. You know, we live so much of our life in our head rather than our body. And our body is this gift from God that's this amazing tool. I don't know if tool is quite the right word. But it's another language to express ourselves through how we touch each other, by how we hold each other, by how we love each other through our bodies. And sometimes, especially as women, I think we can minimize the importance of the body for expressing itself. And we think that words are the only way to communicate and to feel loved. That may be our primary language. I think our the body is the husband's primary language. And we need to learn that language too.
1: How do we have that conversation? Because my husband and I, we've been married for almost seven years, I believe. But yeah, seven years in, in, in June. And It's still awkward for me. And we've been together for almost eight or nine. still awkward for me to have that conversation. How do you even start to approach that conversation so sex doesn't get boring in marriage?
0: I think that it's really important to create neutral conversations rather than conversations where it starts with, it's not as good as it could be, or it should be better, or why aren't we doing something about this, Right and put our husband on the defensive. And so starting with neutral conversations through maybe, you know, picking up a book and and like owning it yourself and say, hey, you know what? I know I haven't been working on things and learning new things. And I want to spend some time learning some new ideas about sex. Would you be interested in reading this together? And maybe he is right away. And that's great. Reading a sex book out loud will help you get comfortable saying those words that maybe feel a little more uncomfortable. And it will put you in a neutral platform where nobody's bringing up an issue, but something's brought up in the book. And then you can say, oh, like, is that really how it is for you? And so it it helps to put you on a neutral platform to talk rather than there being an issue. So that's one thing that's really helpful. But I think also like really owning it as yourself as far as like, I haven't been working on this and I would like to work on this and learn some new things. I want sex to be even better than it is now.
1: I will try that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll let you know, Ruth. (laughs) No, this is a super exciting topic. It really is. You know, this podcast is about joy and sex is supposed to bring joy. You know, it's one of those beautiful gifts that the Lord has given us to enjoy And so we need to look at it with a different lens that this is something that isn't just a task and on our to-do list. It's something that, you know, is really joyful and God's given it to us as a gift. One of the things that I struggle with, and as the group of women that I was sitting at the table with yesterday were talking about, you were mentioning that this goes along with the boring, is, you know, you get older your your sex drive goes away, things aren't working as well. And so, you know, I'm in my thirties. And so in your twenties and thirties, you're and even maybe 40s, like you're supposed to be in your prime. But that's usually when women are having babies and we're tired and we're we're striving like in our careers, you know, growing our careers and um, just juggling all the things. And for me, I have like a nine PM bedtime, you know, and I'm exhausted. You gave a reference as 11 p.m. and I was like, oh, I'm out for two hours by then." (laughs) 11 p.m. 9 p.m. is mine. And so it just doesn't give room for the drive and like the time. What would you say to that? Because there was a whole table of women around my age that were talking about that. What would you say to that? What's advice for women who are in that stage?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think you're right that like there are some practicalities to this. As far as if you're dead tired, you're dead tired. I know this isn't an easy answer, but I think that you need to take a hard look at what's really important to you and schedule your priorities. And I know women who every Friday night, as soon as the kids go to bed, they go to bed. That is their standing date night where sex doesn't have to happen, but there are no screens. And it's the two of them in bed. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes there are hard decisions. I had one woman in class that at the end of the class, she said, you know, my husband and I actually work different shifts. We don't even see each other. She's like, there's no way we could even do this homework. And she said, I realize I need to change my job because if I want to have a marriage, that's intimate, if I want to have a marriage that survives, we need to see each other and we need to be able to spend time together. That's a hard, big decision. But if you look at your priorities in life, uh, God, your marriage, your kids, and then all of the things that come after that, and sometimes there are hard decisions that have to be made. I think sometimes we as wives can be the martyrs and we're trying to do too much and not engaging our husband in helping us and letting them, you know, really be an, an equal and then supporting them in the ways that they can help us in positive ways. And so I think we need to look at that as women too to constantly be a martyr and think that a, you know, I can do it better and just let me take care of this and then we end up resentful. And frustrated because we're controlling things so much that things have to be done our way and our husband can never do it well enough or we think the kids won't survive under his care. And so we need to take a hard look at that too.
1: Mm, thank you. Before we wrap this up, I just want to give you an opportunity if we didn't hit, you know, one of those lies that you hear so often from women that you work with, Or even men, you know, if you have opportunity to work with the husbands, you know, is there a lie that we missed that you just really want the listeners to know that can just make some transformation within their marriage?
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest lies that we believe as Christians is that God doesn't heal sexual baggage. You know, we hear all the stories of, in the purity movement especially, you know, so many stories of the flower that lost its petal until it was a dry stem or the tape that wasn't sticky anymore. And everybody talked about the importance of waiting to have sex until marriage. And nobody talked about the fact that God can heal anything, even sexual baggage. And sometimes those things were our choices in our immaturity. Sometimes they were came out of choices that were not our choices. Sometimes it was maybe even just embracing the purity Culture and messages so much that we repress our sexuality that we began to believe this lie that sex is something to, to protect ourselves and, and that we can't experience freedom. And so, I, yeah, I think one of the biggest lies that we believe is that I'm just stuck where I'm at, that God can't change these things for me, that God can't transform my life, and that, you know, it, that if we struggled well, then that's what I deserve. And in class, on week three, we talk about the lies that have impacted us. And then we go into a time of talking about um, what things from our past are impacting us. What do we want freedom from? Where do we want growth? And we share those things and we pray over each other and we pray for transformation. And you cannot imagine the ways that the women change after that week. And so... I just want women to know that if they feel stuck and feel like things can't change or that they've ruined things or that somebody else has ruined it for them, whatever their situation might be, um, that God wants us to experience wholeness and freedom in our sexuality, just like he does in any other part of our life. And that when we pray about it, when we share our stories with others, when we go after healing and bring things into the light, that things can shift and that God can work.
1: Yeah, God wants freedom in every area of your life, including sex. Oh, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on today. It's just really been enjoyable to chat with you about a topic I've never discussed before on the Faith Inspired podcast. I always kind of wanted to go there, but didn't have the right guest. And so when I heard you speak, I was like, this is perfect. I know the listeners will probably want to reach out and get more information on your course and connecting with you. How can they connect with you to learn more?
0: Yeah. So probably the easiest way to really kind of learn more about Awaken Love is to pick up a copy of my book, Awaken Love on Amazon. So that's the first way. The second way is I have a website that has all kinds of blog articles but it also has video classes that you can take on your own. Or I've had women take them with their group of mops, women from their table, or uh, with neighbors. And so there are video classes that are set up to be taken as a group. But you can also take them individually if you're not ready for that step. And I, I'm also always teaching in-person classes in the Twin Cities. And then um, I have Zoom classes once in a while. Yeah. So the website is awaken-love.net. And then there are also men's classes. My husband and I recorded men's classes because you know what? It's not just the wives that have things to learn. Husbands have things to learn too, and they believe as many lies as we do. And so um, there are men's classes available on the website also.
1: Fantastic. I love that, that God's using both of you to reach Christian married couples. It's amazing. So amazing. And then one last question before you go that I always ask my guests, and I'm so interested to hear what yours is um, with the outcome of this, but this podcast is really to help women live less stressed, more joy-filled lives and live in bold faith and walk in obedience to where God is calling them. So I want to know what brought you joy today.
0: Well, I'm actually on playing bass on worship team this weekend. And so before this podcast interview, I was practicing worship song and just praising God. And, and so, yeah, that brought me joy today.
1: That's amazing. Amazing. And Ruth, you are such an interesting woman. I love it. I hope I get to know you a little bit more because like, as you mentioned, you know, introvert, a little reserved, but God's given you this so not reserved topic of sex and your bass player. So we definitely need to stay connected because yeah, you were a very, very cool woman. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. How are you feeling? I'm walking away from my conversation with Ruth knowing that sex is not something to put on your to-do list, but something that you should enjoy. And it's something you need to make a priority just like anything else in life. But not because your husband needs it, but because you do too. So, I'm giving you a homework of sorts to think about where you can make adjustments and break down the lies about sex you've believed and start implementing practices that help you and your husband create a more intimate and joyful marriage. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.